after Bayern Munich beat down Barcelona in today's Champions League match, Thomas Müller had this to say in the press conference. We wanted to show them from the very start there is no hope and that there is no point of hoping for a miracle. What a fucking savage. Wow. Welcome to Did Someone Say Soccer? I'm your host, Nate, and I got the big homie Angelito in the house. Say what up. What's up? That's right. We're going to talk some Champions League today. A lot of drama this week. Match day six. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk some Ricardo Pepe. That's right. For you U.S. fanboys out there, we got an article that we want to discuss with you guys. And... We're going to talk some Mexican national team as they prepare for their game against Chile tonight. Angel, what stood out to you from this week's Champions League matches? Uh, there was a couple matches that stood out to me. The match that uh, obviously I watched was the Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. I wanted to see if Lewandowski would score and take out his frustration on uh, Messi's old team, Barcelona. Unfortunately, he didn't score. He had an assist. Um, he almost scored off a deflection, but it didn't happen. Um, Bayern still won 3-0. to zero. Uh, Benfica won as well, so that means Barcelona gets eliminated. They do not... Um, they should not have advanced in the group stage anyways. They didn't play that well. And I'm glad that Benfica made it through. Like I said last week, I'm praying for Barca fans that, you know... They don't take it too hard, but we don't know. I mean, they have not been in this situation for quite some time. I think it's been since like 2004 that it's the last time they failed to reach, well, to get out of the group stage. Another match that kind of stood out to me was the Chelsea match against Zenit because it looked like a very evenly matched game. Chelsea's defense uh, played very bad, and Zenit could have been up at some point three to one up on uh, last year's champions a couple weeks ago we had a guest here and you know our guest uh, julian and jordan told me that nobody could beat this chelsea team and the way they were playing it looked like you know it could be true but after from what i've seen today i don't know if um they're starting to struggle we saw them lose as well you know in the Premier League, and uh, I'm a little worried about Chelsea moving on to the next round now that they tied this group and moved on to second place. But I don't know. What if it was something they decided to do on purpose? If you look at their opponents that they can face possibly for the next round, if they get like someone from like Group G, like Lille, um, really, and um, you know some of these other weaker opponents like Ajax, it, it might have been in their better interest to take on those teams than some of the other teams that they would have faced if they were first in the group. They have a chance to also take out, um, take on Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, which are the harder of the two teams that advanced as first of their groups. 
But those are the two matches that stood out the most to me. How about you, Nate? What, Honest, did, what stood out to you? Honestly, I don't think Ajax is going to be an easy walkthrough. And I don't think Lille is going to be an easy walkthrough either. Any of these teams that won their group is going to bring... It's going to give Chelsea some uh, some pressure here. And they're not going to be able to field a team like they filled today. They're going to have to bring the stars. They're going to have to have Jorginho out there. And they're going to have to start Pulisic. They're going to have to start um, all these other guys. They're going to have to start Mendy. So uh, what stood out to me was the Manchester United versus Young Boys. Once again... Man United having trouble with the young boys. Uh, Mason Greenwood's goal was fabulous. It was, it was awesome. And then Van de Beek, who doesn't get much playing time, served up a platter for young boys. He just put that upper 90 far post. Henderson had no chance at all. It was a goal lasso. It was good. And speaking of golazos, Sané's goal was a fucking beautiful golazo. That was sexy. I can't believe you didn't say anything about that. I was gonna mention it, but I would see. I wanted to see what you said first. That goal was beautiful. It curved in the air. the The way that um, Ter Stegen could not get two hands on it, it just went through his arms. It was crazy. Uh, I'm surprised that Sané didn't have more goals. Like I mentioned in the past, I, I like Sané, but I think he they're trying to make him live up to uh, Robin's potential because they both uh, shoot with their left foot rather well. And we saw that goal he scored was amazing. If you saw the whole game, you would see that he had two other opportunities that were pretty clear and he did not connect very well so hopefully he becomes more consistent in the future and then the PSG match where they finally started to show out and started scoring left and right Mbappe looked good if we had Jordan here Jordan would tell you how he felt about Mbappe but I'll give him some praise there um, PSG had a good match so it's going to be interesting to see the draw I can't wait to see the draw here and I cannot wait to see Barcelona in the Europa League. That's right. Welcome to Europa, Barcelona. <laughs> I text Rico today and I said, hey, maybe you guys can win the Europa. And he said, fuck off. And then he said, I asked him, what happened, man? And he goes, we suck in all caps. He's feeling it right now. Our day ones know who Rico is. He used to be on here on the on the pod with us. He's our La Liga insider. Angel, I sent you a an e I sent you a text today with a link with what I saw from the coach of uh Ricardo Pepe, the Dallas coach. And he had some interesting things to say, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, apparently, uh, Pepe was not aware that they expect him back in Dallas next season. He's over here, uh, dreaming about Europe, seeing all these posts about Manchester United and Liverpool and Atletico Madrid, getting, uh, very excited to try to land him. 
he's 18 years old and he is ready to go in his mind he's he's ready he wants to leave and his boss just said hey you're here next season again don't think you're going anywhere well, i expect you here because you have a lot more developing to do so he is kind of screwed since he signed a five-year contract earlier in august i believe and now he is expected back in the mls which kind of sucks for him because if he drops off you know he might not get this opportunity to leave anytime soon i just think that since he is he was doing so well earlier in these games for the u.s national team that now he has became the face of the mls so they don't want him to go and they're trying to kind of scare him, um, wanting to leave by saying, if you leave, you're not going to be able to play for the national team. Therefore, you will not be in the World Cup. So it kind of sucks for him. Um, I don't know. I, I feel bad for the guy, but he's 18. So hopefully he, he just gets a little bit better and can probably move away after the World Cup. So basically the Dallas newspaper went out and they printed this article, this interview that they had with Hunt, the coach of uh, Dallas. And he was saying, he, he said, quote, by playing next season in Dallas, Ricardo can help us win a championship. He can help the national team qualify for Qatar World Cup and play in the World Cup. He said, Burholter and other head coaches around the World Cup have shown that if the players aren't participating in their club, they'll be excluded from their representative national teams. So what he's basically saying is he does not have enough faith in Ricardo to go over to Europe and start. He thinks that if he goes over to Europe, he's going to be on the bench and he will not get the chance to play for the national team at Qatar. That's kind of a kick in the nuts, don't you think, Angel? Yes, I think he uh, Pepe was a little bit blindsided by that as well. I'm not sure that he... Uh, I'm not sure that he assumed that that would be his options, would be if you want to play in the World Cup, you have to stay here. Kind of, kind of sucks for him because he was expecting to leave. Well, the dumbass shouldn't have signed the five-year contract. <laughs> That's right. All righty. Well, good luck to him. Hopefully he can uh, get a loan or something and prove that he can play over in Europe come this January. All right, so Mexico has a match tonight against Chile. We have some notable call-ups. This is a young squad, Angel. I'm pretty excited about this. So, the Arsenal youngster, Marcelo Flores, gets his call-up, finally. We, we, we talked about this last episode. We're excited about this kid. And if he gets a goal, how badass would that be? And then, Guadamas, he got called into the Chile national team and he said no I'm gonna go play for Mexico and he's gonna make his debut tonight too and we get the Santos goalkeeper he's 
he's considered one of the best in the world right now at his age. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does out there. What do you think of what do you think of this, Angel? Well, we've been talking about these players for quite a few weeks now. You being an Arsenal fan and knowing about uh, Marcelo Flor, so um, I think that it's a good call up. We've been calling, we've been talking about it for weeks now that he brings a lot of enthusiasm and athleticism to this team, and it was about time they start trying to move on and incorporate new pieces to this national squad. Last couple games, specifically in the last one, Memo Choa has been struggling. Or, um, you know, his defense hasn't been the best, but there's been some plays where he has not been able to control the ball and, you know, he blocks it and lands in front of the goal. They, the other team gets the ball and taps it in. And we had said, hey, Memo's getting up there in age. It's about time to train someone to replace him because he's not going to be there much longer. Acevedo, he's, you know, we've heard the rumors that Byron Leverkusen want him as a backup. And it looks like he's going to be set up for Europe, even though um, he hasn't said where or like specific information regarding who's called his agent. But these, these guys need to start getting their minutes and against a quality team like Chile, I think it's very beneficial for them to see how another national team plays and not just playing for your team like us, Acevedo's on Santos. And um, he has not experienced this, this kind of uh, atmosphere, right? With the national squad where it's time for him to get some exposure I'm excited to see what they can bring. Uh, I'm not expecting a victory since it is a, a lot of new pieces against a difficult opponent, but I want to see improvements compared to what has been going on in the last couple games. And yeah, I'm excited for it. It's almost game time. I'm excited for it too. Uh, Gordova is going to be there. Sebastian Gordova, he's going to be playing. So I'm excited to see how... Flores and Cordoba play together. I think that's going to be a, a deadly combination with them playing together. Uh, we're going to see the LA Galaxy defender Julian Araujo. He's going to be this is going to be his first match with the national team since he decided to uh, switch from the U.S. men's national team. So this is a young core right here. This is none of hardly any of these players were. On the roster for the USA Mexico game, uh, I believe Cordova was on the roster. I don't. I don't really see anybody else that was that's on this roster that that was playing that was there in uh, Cincinnati. So, I I want to see I want to see them gel together. I want to see them play good so that they give competition to the other guys that that the senior squad have been putting out there, and I want. Tata to have to make decisions. And uh, hopefully he goes the younger route. Because we're seeing what the United States is doing with their young squad. Hopefully these guys get noticed too. So, Angel, what's your prediction? Uh, I, I'm not sure yet because the, the lineups are not released. But 
I, I think both teams will score. Um, I'm, I'm thinking Chile might pull away with this one, a 2-1 to one victory. I'm hoping that Mexico can win. I mean, I'm always faithful, but with all these new pieces, it's hard to say they're going to gel well together. So I, I think Chile would could probably win this 2-1. to one. I'm going 2-0 Mexico. That's right. You heard it here. All right, so tomorrow we will be back. We're going to go over this game. We're going to go over this match and we're going to have we're going to have our Liga Max insider Angel's cousin Julio, who is our number 1 fan. So, if you guys continue to listen to us and you guys want to come on, let us know and we can have you guys on here. Just like we're going to have uh, Angel's cousin He's a huge Mexico fan, and uh, he's a Galaxy fan, too. And a Medica fan, isn't he? Yes. You can see how those uh, Christmases go when he wears his Medica shirt to Angel's uh, <laughs> Chivas family. Doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Make sure you guys subscribe and follow us. Best way to get us out there is to tell friends and tell your family. You know the drill. All right. Until next time, see ya.